You're listening to Simmering Thoughts, where we lift the lid and sample slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. My name's Ryan Akers, and I am along with Chris Dean, my co-host. Hello, world. And we are recording from chilly Indiana this week. Uh, I am in southern Indiana in Santa Claus, and Chris is in central Indiana in Indianapolis. Interestingly enough, I think we're all about the same temperature in Indiana tonight. Cold. It's cold. Yeah, that pretty well covers it for us. This is Simmering Thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at SimmerThoughts. You can find us on Gmail and send us an email to simmeringthoughts at gmail.com. You can also visit our webpage at simmeringthoughts.podbean.com. And uh, you can also download us and stream us through a variety of podcast catchers. I myself use the Satchel Player. Uh, and, of course, we also use Podbean. Uh, Chris, what's your favorite catcher? Do you use anything in particular? Call me old school. What, when I do use it, I use iTunes. iTunes. I, I'm an Android person, so I have a hard time with, and, with iTunes. But we are on iTunes, so if you want to stream us there, you can find us there and also at Google Play. You can find me, uh, Ryan Akers, at Bandman Akers on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook underneath my own name. And you can find me on Gmail if you'd like to send me an email at bandmanacres at gmail.com. Chris, can you let us know your contact information? Sure. On Twitter, my default social media, I am at Dean Chris. And on Facebook, I am at Chris Dean. And if anybody wants to send me an email, it's simply chris at chrisdean.org. Now, that is an easy way to do an email, having your own name. That's almost cheating in some ways, Chris. Not allowed to do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have not been recording for the last couple of weeks for a variety of different reasons between uh, the fall colds that strike in Indiana quite often and uh, some vacation time and some other things. Uh, so we were going to give you a little bit of an update, what we've been up to the last few weeks. And Chris, I'm going to let you ahead and start off with that. Well, I had the privilege of taking my whole family for a not quite a two week trip to the high country of North Carolina, actually a brother-in-law that lives out there and for the third year in a row we've taken our family out there it's a good way to get off the grid and the cabin that we stayed at this year it uh, was under the control of a pastor of a church who I met last year and uh, one of his parishioners uses it as a summer home and lets the church give it out to missionaries pastors people traveling as they see fit and so we were able to stay there at a really nice place for absolutely nothing so God was incredibly kind with that. Uh, there was one little first world problem, the social cost to it, though. It had absolutely no phone or internet. And so therefore, no Wi-Fi, no social media. We were out of contact with the outside world. Even my cell phone provider wouldn't work. I did sneak into the nearest town a few times to use the Wi-Fi at Walmart to just at least make sure the world didn't come to an end. <laughs> but it was it was truly wonderful. The time we were out there, we... Uh, we didn't even really do terribly much while we were out there. We've done a lot of the touristy things like rafting in the past and things like that. We just got to go out in the woods and play in the woods and take some walks and visit time with family. 
I did have the opportunity to give a message to a pastor's association there in town. And uh, the pastor of another local church was actually kind enough to have me preach there the following Sunday at, at, at a fairly large church there in town. So, so it was a work all about what it means to be evangelistic and be a missionary. And so awesome. it was really a good refreshing time for my family and I. And as well, right before the vacation, our family van was totaled. And so we had uh, the opportunity. It was unexpected. It wasn't that big of a collision, but the insurance company decided, hey, it's worth more to fix it than the value. So, okay, the Lord was kind enough to provide alternate travel arrangements for us. And just spent a couple days ago actually traveling out of state to find our new to us vehicle. So we are back in the saddle. The Dean family is up to speed again, and it is great to be back to speak with all of you guys. Definitely good to have you back and, and have you back safe. Uh, you're not supposed to work on vacation. Though. Oh, man, it's a joy. Who can keep <laughs> the word inside of you? You've got to get it out. Well, I also got out of town a little bit while we were on our recording break, and our church sent myself and uh, one of my fellow deacons to Florida, along with uh, SEND and the North American Mission Board. They have a, a, a command center of sorts uh, and a, a mission center at First Baptist Church in Immokalee, Florida. And we went to help that ministry out. Uh, they were working to send supplies out to continue tarping roofs. There were quite a few roofs that they had less major damage. Uh, and so they had not quite gotten fixed yet. They have missing shingles and some small holes, things that where there's not water pouring into the house, but small leaks. And so there were those type of activities going on. There was also some damage in one of the two buildings there at the church that we helped to work with. And they also have a lot of supplies that are coming in and that have come in through various donation points that needed to be sorted a little bit and prepared. And, and it looks like there may be coming to First Baptist Immokalee, they may be starting a uh, food bank and also a clothes pantry there at the church which is a really good ministry. That particular area, many of the families lost quite a bit of work during the hurricane and the immediate aftermath where they didn't have power for quite a while and also where uh, the, the different businesses just weren't able to open. And when you have a workforce that's primarily hourly work, when you don't work, you don't get paid. And that puts your bills behind and causes all sorts of other issues and that's one of the, the things that that particular ministry point was working on, is helping families who had missed pay and who had lost out on pay to get back on their feet and catch up, basically. And that's what a lot of the materials from the food bank and also from the uh, clothes pantry that they were looking at, different ways to uh, help out in that regard. We had the opportunity to canvas a street, walk down and... and meet folks that live there and uh, see what their damages were, what their needs were, and talk to them and share the gospel. We got to work with brothers and sisters in Christ from at least five or six different states, different churches that had come down for the same weekend where we were there. That was a blessing as well, to be able to work alongside others in sharing the gospel and in doing 
what's going to be a long-term work. So it, it was a short-term mission, but it's really a part of a long-term mission where this is a real need that's in that community that's been there for a while. This isn't just a new thing in that particular community. And apparently this just this weekend, uh, they had a, another tropical storm that went right over top of them. I don't believe there was a whole lot of damage. But at the same time, when you have roofs that are missing shingles and things like that, that can cause quite a bit of trouble. So we got to go down and, and do some shoring up and, and spend a little bit of time working and serving. And it was, uh, I don't, I'm not sure I want to call it a refreshing time. There were parts of it that were that, certainly. Uh, but it was really a, a lot of good hard work and also an opportunity to help out some brothers and sisters and, and to help out in the community where the gospel is getting out and is being shared and is uh, making inroads. So that was definitely a blessing. As we pivot to our topic for today, we are going to start in on a series, and this series is going to focus on the fruit of the Spirit, but we're not going to start with an actual listed fruit of the Spirit. We're going to take a little bit of a page from a lot of other podcasts and do something that's somewhat calendar-based. We know that uh, we're coming into the Thanksgiving season. With that in mind, we're going to look at thankfulness today. As we start into the topic, I wanted to read from Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who alone does great wonders, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And we've just done four verses, and I think we all get the picture that God's love is everlasting. And we are to give thanks to the Lord for it. Chris, I want to ask the question to start with. As we are giving thanks, is that something that where we're looking backwards into our past? Is it something where we're looking forward into the future? Or is it a combination of both? How about the answer of yes to that? All the above in a sense. Thankfulness is born out of initially, you know, we're, we know to be thankful because of what God has always done, already done for us in our life. And for those of us who are Christians, and that's, Lord willing, every one of us that's listening to this podcast, we can look back and see how the Lord has been faithful to us so far. However, we also know the nature and character of God, that he is the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. My translation of Psalm 136 here says, for his steadfast love endures forever. So we know that his love is steadfast. It's unchanging. We know his promises. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. He is never going to leave us or forsake us. His steadfast love endures forever. So we have that confidence that he has already done what he has done mightily in our lives. That is the evidence along with the promises that he is going to continue to be that for us in the future. And his love and blessing and grace and mercy is only going to increase. And so we can be thankful of what God is going to do because he's given us the evidence that he's done it so far. He says in his word, his promises shall not, shall never break. We've got absolute confidence that he is going to fulfill his promises going forward. So 
we know the end from the beginning because God has revealed it. And so we are thankful for what God is going to do because it is a certainty. It is guaranteed to come and, and happen. It's going to pass. And so, yes, it's thankfulness for what he's done. It's thankfulness for who he is now and how he's renewing our mind and bringing us to increasing awareness, not only of our nature and our sinfulness that we are continuing to repent of and put off and put on the new righteousness, the new man, but thankfulness for what God is going to do forevermore coming forward. When does thankfulness show up and how does it show up in us? How do we show our thankfulness? You know, for me, I, uh, I think of usually when I'm stuck thinking about myself, when I'm, when I get wrapped up in my own mind, I really lose track of what all has gone on in my life that I need to be thankful for. And I, I just, I just forget to think about it. it. Other things take over. And when I am focused on what God is up to, when I, when I'm in the word, when I'm having prayer time, then the thankfulness is, is right there in front of me. It starts to come out from within me uh, because I recognize what's been going on. And I think that, that awareness, I think the looking back at what God has done and forward to what he will do when we when we're not doing that it's hard to be thankful i think for me it, there's a there's a dichotomy here and it boils down to as simple as me god whenever i think of myself or anything in me or anything that i might do of my own might or strength or power or sophistication or pride that i have that it's inherent in me it usually doesn't wind up very good <laughs> however when I think of God, that totally changes. Uh, this something, a verse that comes to my mind here, Psalm 7, 17. It says, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord, the most high. I will thank him due to his righteousness. God has given us everything we need, not only for life and godliness through his word, but every bit of the awareness that we have and the appreciation and the understanding rightly of who we are in light of his holiness and the desires that we have to know him and pursue him and be more like him comes from God. What do we have that we haven't received from God anyway? And so my mind is renewed and my heart overflows with wonder, love, praise, thankfulness. Whenever I think about God, because it is something altogether wholly different and greater than anything at all inside myself. I tend to overthink a lot. I'll get onto a topic and my mind will get wrapped up in that topic and I have a hard time breaking out of it sometimes. Man, it's tough to break that and to okay. focus on God. And the funny thing is, as soon as you do, the thing you've been focused on suddenly seems not so significant most of the time. As a, a hymn says, it grows dim in light of his glory and grace. Absolutely. But, but you're absolutely yes. right, and I, don't, and I don't want to downplay this. The cares of the world, they are powerful. We are, sin is not just sinful, it's exceedingly sinful, as Scripture says. And we are full of it, and our entire Christian life is discovering exactly how sinful, the depth of our sinfulness, how sinful we are. And so there's nothing good in me, but nevertheless, we still are in the world, we're not of the world, but that being in the world with its trials and tribulations and temptations, 
that has a powerful effect of distracting us, dividing us. Uh, if, if anything, it, it just causes us to lose focus of who we are. We're focused on the, the day-to-day cares. We operate, again, back in our own strength. We don't rely upon the Lord for faith for our daily bread anymore. We have so much opportunity to be busy or be worldly and the, the, the cares of the desires of the Lord is easily choked out in this busy world with our busy lives. And it's a powerful, powerful, I want to say poison in a sense. And one of the things that uh, we talked about on the last podcast was I had been granted the privilege of being one of those Twitter 280 character persons. And what was I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. And I had sent out a few tweets here or there and I engaged in some conversations. But uh, I decided not to overdo it, not to get too involved with Twitter, as you may recall. And one of the things that happened on this vacation, unintentional, but uh, it was something the Lord designed, was that I had no social media access whatsoever. My phone had no signal. I The cabin that we were staying at, uh, it was a home that somebody was living at out of town. It was their summer home. They turned off their internet in the off months that they weren't there. And yes, we did go into town and I did borrow Walmart's Wi-Fi for a few times, but we were disconnected. And I can say that my mind was much more put at ease. I had more time to think about the Lord and who he was and what his creation declares about him. It was really, as I said in the beginning of the introduction, a refreshing balm to my soul in a way. and. I thank the Lord for that. It, it allowed me to spend more time on his word than I otherwise would have and reflect again on who he is and what he's done and not let the cares of the world crowd in quite as much. And, and I thoroughly love that and thank the Lord for that. You mentioned a few minutes ago uh, the uh, our daily bread and, and how we, we get that and we complain about it or don't. I shouldn't say we complain about it. We get that and, and we don't recognize it as it comes to us. And uh, I had written down Numbers 11 uh, in my notes, and that draws directly into it. In Numbers 11, the, the people of Israel are being fed with manna and they complain. I mean, they're being fed by the God of the universe directly. And it says in verse 4, the rabble who were among them had greedy desires and also the sons of Israel wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we used to eat free in Egypt, the cucumbers and melons and leeks, the onions and garlic, but now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this manna. And in, later in the chapter, God, you know, all right, you don't want manna, you want meat? Here you go, have some quail. And the quail comes and... Now it's the opposite. Now, instead of being thankful for what they have and that it's enough, now they have an abundance and they go out and they overdid it. And it says, while the meat, verse 33, while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people and he struck them with a very severe plague. And he did that because they had no thankfulness to God for the provision that he had given them. They were just grabbing as much as they could as if the God of the universe couldn't provide 
day after day if that was what he decided to do. Uh, they had no, they didn't have faith in his loving kindness. They didn't have faith in his uh, generosity that he would provide for them every step of the way. And I'm guilty of that here today. You know, I, oftentimes uh, I will overeat. I've gotten to where I don't do that nearly as much anymore, but it's something that every once in a while I'll just get really hungry and I'll eat until I can't move. And that's not good. That's that's bad for me uh, in so many ways. It's bad for my system, but it's also bad for my spirit in that I'm not showing that that trust that, okay, tomorrow God will provide for me. Exactly. And that perspective, as I'm listening to what you're saying there in Numbers 11, is that I'm analogizing this to my own life. The people of Israel, they did not believe, have faith, whatever you want to call it, that God was good, that God was mm -hmm. going to provide for them and take care of them in a good way. And so God did give them the desires of their heart. And if you could say that there was too much of a good thing in that sense, there sort of was. And I look at my life today and yeah, I've got good theology. I know that God is sovereign. I know everything that comes, comes from him. As I said earlier, God is providential. God is working all things together for good. And it's not just in salvation, but every last orchestrated detail of my life. But here I am living in the, the ease of, you know, our Western American culture. And I complain to God because I am so sinful on the inside. Lord, I want more. I want di something different. I want to go here. I want to do that. You know, why did you have to put me? It's even boiled down to in my life. Why, Lord, did you put me at a long stoplight sometimes? Yes. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I am. You know, I, in, I'm, I'm, I should be thankful that the Lord has given me safety and security here in our culture and the ability to get from place to place and fulfill most of the desires of my heart. But no, I complain to God that he needs to do more, do something different or not be. And I'm so prone in many ways to not be thankful for who he is and what he's done, because I'm looking to this world for my affirmation, approval to fulfill my desires rather than seeing the eclipsing power of God and his nature, his character, his ways, and then realizing I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the things of this world eclipse that, unfortunately, in my mind, because I'm too earthly minded in a yeah. sense. Yes. And, and I wanted to, while we're here talking about this, work into the question of what are some area, other areas in our walk? We've already talked about our focus on God, but what are some other where areas in our walk with God that are damaged by a lack of thankfulness? In that thought, James 4 uh, popped in my mind. What is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? You desire and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. And so, you know, it, as we think about in that and the question of our areas of our walk that are damaged by lack of thankfulness, right there, we have church disunity. Right there, we have uh, between believers and between believers and non-believers, we have uh, fights and quarrels, uh, murder, coveting, uh, you know, a, an awful lot of the Ten Commandments are covered in that just that little uh, snippet. And it's in it. The root of that 
in many ways is just a lack of thankfulness, a greediness. And we so often in that process, you know, we're losing out on blessings that are available to us in terms of immediate and interpersonal relationships, in terms of seeing our day in a right perspective because we're not thankful. And then we go into a prayer time and we're not thankful and now we're asking for selfish things from selfish standpoints. And, you know, God is is not a God to sit and listen to that. And there's so many times in the Old Testament where he says, you know, you're coming to me asking for things you're not supposed to be asking for me for. I'm not listening. And he kind of gives the hand to us, <laughs> reaches out and just says, stop, I'm not listening. And uh, because we're not coming with righteous motives. And, and that, again, ties into James, the prayers of a righteous man. When we don't come with that, that humility of thankfulness, it affects pretty much every area of our walk. Something that popped in my mind when you were saying that was First uh, Corinthians, I'm sorry, First Thessalonians 5.19. And I'm not going to say it right away because one of the verses that I had highlighted to talk about, I didn't realize was the, the verse, couple of verses immediately predecessing that. So let me read it. And it talks about being thankful, of course. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that's something I wanted to mention at one point in time. But it immediately follows Verse 19, where it says, do not quench the spirit. So in a sense, if we are not thankful to the Lord for all things in all circumstances, we have the very real ability to impact our lives by quenching the activity of the spirit. Yes, he will never leave us or forsake us. The Holy Spirit will indwell us. We can't lose our salvation. We know that. But in terms of having the power of sanctification operating within us by the spirit that can be forestalled in a sense we can lose some of that very real very present blessing by simply not acknowledging who god is and what he has already done and what he's not what he's doing now in our lives if we don't rejoice we don't count all things as good from him if we don't give thanks because you know we're discontent we're we just want what we want. We're thinking of ourselves rather than God and his desire and his will is primary in our life. We do have that very real ability to quench the spirit. And if we're not operating within the will of the spirit and under the power of the spirit, we can go cycle down into a substantial state of sinfulness in our own life. James 4 is, and 3 and 4 is being a prime example of that. Yes. And uh, fortunately, God is the good God who will grant us repentance, but that can be a costly and a painful process. And so in a sense, just being aware of who God is and what he's doing in the day-to-day, moment-to-moment awareness of that is, is key to keeping our minds on the right track, on, on the right page, and getting the right perspective of this so that we won't have the unintended impact of quenching the spirit, which is really, really harmful and can set in, a, like I said, a pattern that is is really painful and has consequences beyond ourselves to potentially others around us as well. So keeping ourselves just in the proper perspective of who God is and what he's doing in our lives and thanking him for that because 
the consequences could be far, far, far worse. In fact, we talked about this again in the pre-show. Something I had heard from Dr. James White a long time ago on one of his dividing lines as something that God, as a whole category of existence that we don't thank him for because we don't really think about it, is the fact that the Holy Spirit is, one of his roles is he's called the restrainer. And obviously when we were, uh, even now as a Christian, much less as an unbeliever, we, we engage in a pattern of sin, especially as an unbeliever. But nevertheless, we're still in God's common grace. We're still operating within the world where God is unfolding his redemptive plan. God is still, in a sense, orchestrating our lives. He's not responsible for our sin, of course, but he still is the orchestrator in which we can see how God, especially for those of us who are believers, we can look back to our unbelieving days and say how God used our sin for good. But it's easy for us to lose sight of the fact that the Holy Spirit as the restrainer may have been working and, and likely was working in our lives as an unbeliever and as a believer so that we don't sin more than we have. Imagine if the Holy Spirit wasn't in the world, we would all put our total depravity on full display. Yeah, we, Total depravity means that we are sinful to the extent of our being in every category of who we are as, as, a, as a person. That doesn't mean we're as utterly evil uh, in, in terms of extent or depth as we possibly can be. And we can all compare ourselves to other people, you know, big megalomaniacs, Hitler, Genghis yes. Khan, whoever. We're not for the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, even acting in our lives in this world, unfolding God's redemptive plan. We would be worse off than him. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, there's a quote from Spurgeon that comes to mind where he says that you don't need, I'm paraphrasing here, you don't need the devil in order to sin. There is enough evil kindling in our own hearts to set the whole of hell ablaze just by itself. And thanks be to the Lord that I and all of us weren't worse than we were. And so we're not aware of that because didn't allow it to happen, and we're thankful for that. But you know, the theological implications of that is really deep and profound when you think about it. And so I need to remind myself of that and say, oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, that you have not allowed me to live out every lust and desire of my own self, that you have not allowed me, not only as a believer, but even as an unbeliever, I, I did not sin as much as I could have and probably would have had it not been for you. So thank you, Lord, for that. As we take that idea, uh, I wanna, I'm going to throw this next question to you uh, to kind of to just play right off of that. Instead of what is damaged by a lack of thankfulness, when we are in a, a thankful posture toward the Lord, how does that build us up in or strengthen our walks of faith. So how do you see that working out through scripture and also through experience? That really gets you thinking. And when I am thankful, it's only because I have been aware in the moment of some favor or blessing from the Lord. I did a sermon a while back, and I did a pretty comprehensive word study on the concept of grace, for example. And grace 
in a nutshell, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Contrast that with mercy, we're not getting what we do deserve. And the whole concept of grace as a category in the Bible is always salvific in context. And I was doing a bit of word study on thankfulness, and I, I this is what in my avatar, I want to expand it further down the road somewhere, but I suspect thankfulness is also in a category of redemptive value in all of that. Mm -hmm. And so when we are to thank the Lord for his loving kindness, when we are to thank the Lord that he has given us everything that we have, when we thank the Lord for his righteousness or because of his righteousness, as uh, Psalm 7 earlier said, it's because we know that God is a loving kind God who has planned this whole plan of redemption for our lives and for all of creation. He is going to get glory because of his righteousness by redeeming people that were rebels that certainly didn't deserve that, that received that grace and mercy that is just amazing. You know, we go back to amazing grace. Yes. How sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. And so when I think of who the Lord is and what he has done for me, that really motivates me to pursue him further, to study his word further, but then to tell others about him as well. And that was one of the beginning verses of, I believe, Psalm 136, where it talks about how we have to tell, we're compelled to tell of his great deeds of his holy name, because he's all about redemption. He's all about glorifying himself through the redeeming and, and saving and transforming of rebels of which I was one of the chief ones against him at one point in time. So just put it all in perspective. It's all about God and may he get the glory out of this. And when we do that, when we seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, and give him glory for that, he'll give us everything we need. And on top of that, I'm, I'm just reminded as well by the very first question of the Westminster Catechism. What's the chief end of man? To glorify God, but it's not just that, and to enjoy him forever. Yes. He works things together for good, and we can taste and see and know that he is good. And we will continue in that delight of him increasingly so forever and ever. I, I think in a lot of ways, thankfulness both builds upon but then builds new uh, trust. And then that trust, as, you, as that trust builds, that builds in confidence. And as we grow in confidence, we grow in boldness. Uh, and I think of that both um, toward God, but also toward others. As I grow in trust mm -hmm. in the Lord and gain confidence in the Lord uh, through faith, and then that boldness in faith uh, that that allows me to go boldly before the throne in prayer, more boldly than I did before. That allows me to Hallelujah. boldly serve and to be humble in front of others and allows me to boldly and with confidence be not necessarily persecuted, but in, yes, persecution situations, but also just in preference situations uh, to be thankful that we're in a situation that we're having a discussion about preferences rather than being told what to do 
but also that that boldness to step away and let the other person have their way because I know that that I have enough. It's almost in some ways I think of of Philippians mm-hmm. and I think of Paul who is uh, you know when you think about as we're told the story in Acts and you know they're sitting in the jail they're sitting in a jail singing praises to God in thankfulness in jail and then as we see the letter that he writes to the Philippians in chapter 4 he tells them to think about excellent things he tells them to rejoice always let your gentle spirit be known to all men be anxious for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God and then what comes next here's that boldness the peace of God which surpasses comprehension will guard your hearts and minds and so as we continue to build in thankfulness that that and trust kind of play with each other to build confidence and boldness both before the Lord and also with others and you know that's something that that I didn't understand years ago and I've come to kind of I've grown into that a little bit to see those connections I don't always do well with that and and you know from the human side when we think about how we relate with others when something fails, even if it's our fault uh, in a relationship, the the relationship, the the confidence, the boldness, and the trust start to fall apart, and because there's not necessarily that thankfulness for the relationship from the start, and it's based on conditions and it's based on behaviors, rather than with the Lord who is toward us, it's not because of what we've done; it's because of who He is and what He's done. And that Amen. that allows us to grow into it. He's not changing. We do. And, you know, to cultivate that thankfulness helps to build that up. That leads to the next thought, and, and that is how do we cultivate thankfulness in our lives? How do we cultivate being in a posture of thankfulness to the Lord? How do we cultivate expressing thankfulness with and to others? I'm going to sound like a, you know, one, one beat drum here, but for me, it's simply looking away from myself and looking to God and realizing everything I have comes from him. And chief among that is his word, which gives us everything we need for life and godliness. And out of my new Christian heart, the new heart with new desires, the heart of flesh with its new desires, I want to know who God is. I've tasted my sin. I hate it. I can't stand it. And whenever I, I indulge in that for a season, by the grace of God, I taste that that is terrible. And I want little to do with that, nothing to do with that, Lord willing, again. And, I, and it points me back to the Lord. And so God will use either our own sin or he will use external circumstances such as I, I use the term earlier, the cares of the world. That's a scriptural language of saying that external things can impose themselves upon us. And some of those can be trials. Some of them can be tribulations. Some of them can be temptations. Life's hard. Life's messy. Fortunately, by the grace of God, we are not persecuted like some of the early church fathers were or as people in certain places in the world are today. But Nevertheless, God will 
allow us things to happen to us so that we have nowhere to go but other than back to him. We are at our wit's end. We are incapable of solving a situation. It, it, it goes back to him where he is the one who gives us the strength and the grace in the moment when we need it the most. And so that's why, in part, why God doesn't give us, by and large, a, a super abundance of blessing, because it would potentially tempt us to be prideful and full of ourselves. But when we trust that the Lord is doing whatever it takes to cause us in his providence and in his indwelling spirit, to cause us to be most like Christ through the circumstances he puts us in. We, we know in Proverbs it talks about how the Lord can turn the heart of the king wherever he wants. Man can make his plans, but God orders the steps. Yes. Even us as a believer, if not even more so us as a believer, God is orchestrating our lives and leading us by his spirit. It's him working in and through us for his own good pleasure and our good and our joy so that we are most like Christ. And just our minds are renewed. I'm, I need to be brought to awareness of, them, of this more and more and more by just putting my nose in his word, by renewing my mind, refreshing my mind, washing it through the, through the word and the knowledge of who he is and what he's done. And so it all goes back to him. It, it's We're still in the world, but we're not of the world. And being aware of that, I think is is really the key here. Our lives are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And I was a point I was thinking of before was just how Jesus did not account equality with God something to be grasped. But he he came down out of heaven. He put on he took off his Shekinah, you know, robes of glory and put on our dust and lived in this world and lived his life to redeem those who would ultimately be saved and come to repentance and faith. Likewise, our lives are not our own. We've been bought by what he has done, and we are, out of a thankful obedience, we then get to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him, but then consider others, just like Jesus did, more important than himself. Not mm -hmm. that you know, Jesus ever did that in a, in a wrong way, but he, he thought of us, and we are likewise to think of others and to, to live our lives in such a way, in such an infectious, thankful, joyful way that others can look and see, hey, God is doing something here. There's something supernatural going on here. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And we have that inherent boldness. The fear of the Lord is greater than the fear of man in those situations. When we have tasted and seen what he has done in our lives, we want others to know about that. We want others to taste that amazing grace as well. And the more we are aware of what he has done, the more thankful we can't help as Christians to be. And the Lord will, like I said, will he'll do whatever it takes to, to get our attention and then to keep our attention through repentance and putting us back on the righteous track. And hallelujah that he does that. And we get to tell others and bring others along by the power of the spirit always through this process as well so that we can thank him and then give him the glory both now and forever. You mentioned in there several different things, specifically the word and specifically the attitude of prayer. 
and I wanted to look at Psalm 138 and I see those two things but also worship right off the top in the in the first two verses and then as we look at at the the psalm as a whole uh, I think it also gives us some some more ways that that we can cultivate that thankfulness and attitudes that we can pick up it says I will give you thanks with all my heart I will sing praises to you before the gods there's worship I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth there's prayer for you have magnified your word according to all your name on the day I called you answered me and so now we have scripture you made me bold with strength in my soul and and that's mm, recognizing what God has done in our lives and it goes on to talk about the kings of the earth uh, it, and then we get to verse 7 and here we get to the trust though I walk in the midst of trouble you will revive me and this is also resting on God's promises and proclaiming his promises you will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me the Lord will accomplish what concerns me your loving kindness O Lord is everlasting do not forsake the works of your hands and so we see David here recognizing who God is first what he has done what he promises to do but that's just general and then he gets specific and he looks at how he has been blessed specifically and he looks at what the promises God has to bless him in the future specifically and so starting with who God is and what he's done and what he promises to do just as God and then applying it to self and getting that perspective right God first and having that perspective you know whether we are in a moment of prayer whether we're driving down the road when we're in worship services so many things like that when we put the perspective in of who God is and what he has done then thankfulness is a is a direct result of that I had another thought while you were talking a minute ago talked about how in the midst of all the things that happened to us and the thought popped in my head the old thing that so many people rely on God won't give me more than I can handle well that goes you know if you're gonna hold on to that then remember God is not gonna give you more than you can handle both good or bad if you can't handle the prosperity he's probably not gonna give it to you and yep. if you can't handle the horrible now I don't that's not a philosophy I buy into I think that's not what God's talking about in that particular instance of Scripture it's specifically tied to temptation not to ability to sustain I think David's pretty clear that God gave him more than he could handle and the reason is so that he would go back to God and fall before God but you know God's not going to put us in a situation that will automatically cause us to fail it's not really the way that, that the scripture works but when we're in a tough spot when we are walking through the midst of troubles when we are even in the midst of great plenty God is there he will revive us he will rescue us he will bless us he will do all of those things some of that is is just the common grace of the rain is going to fall on the just and the unjust and rain can be both good and bad and you know 
that's that's not necessarily a judgment or a blessing life circumstances aren't necessarily judgments or blessings those are things that are discerned through the word but while we're in those circumstances we can still be thankful we can still trust and rely on the lord we can still build that boldness toward the lord through his promises in his word amen and we had talked about not just how this reflects upon us and this is going to be our last question for the episode how can we encourage and exhort others to thankfulness so you know while we're struggling with it ourselves and while we're we're uh, working toward being thankful and you know we spirit is building in us so as we're growing in thankfulness through the spirit how can we then go to our neighbors how can we go to those in our congregations uh, believers that we know elsewhere and encourage and exhort them to teach them what thankfulness is and looks like how they can be thankful what are some things that we can do to help that process out and to share our thankfulness what comes to mind is simply all of the one another's of the bible the whole church life that you know genius design of fellowship that God has created in the church with all of our respective gifts and abilities to build up one another so that we might encourage one another, spur one another on the love and good works. We constantly declare that the Lord is good and we constantly proclaim the gospel to ourselves, first of all, and then to one another, reflect upon, like you said, who he is and what he's done, but then do so in a community that God has designed so that we can collectively see that the Lord is working, not just in our lives, but he's working in this entire church. He's doing a great thing so that he will get great glory from redeeming a whole mass of people, not only in our little community, but ultimately around the world. And so just doing so, not in a vacuum, in the context of, of one another, living out our lives before one another, being the hands and feet in the fragrance of Christ, not only to the lost and dying world, but especially to the church, you know, first and foremost to our own kin, our own, those of the same nature and heart that we have. If, if I'm thankful that the Lord is working, not just in my life, you know, I don't want to hog all the blessings myself. I want to, see that in others and i want to encourage and spur that on in others and say hey yes we are created for good works and and two good works not as a ground of our salvation at all but and not that even god needs them but our neighbors do our fellow brothers and sisters do so that we can be the the means the ordained means by which not only people go out and get the gospel but then receive practical aspects of mercy as well all in that salvific context of you're either coming to christ or then growing in christ likeness mm. and that's not done in a vacuum that's not just preaching the gospel only it's spurring one another on as i said it's encouraging one another it's admonishing one another it's weeping when we one weeps rejoicing when one rejoices and just doing the, the one another things so that we all together with our respective gifts and abilities build up the body of Christ as a whole so that he might get the greatest glory from that. And, and 
be thankful every step along the way that we see that he is calling out a redeemed people for his own glory and to see that he is still working in this world, that he is doing, in the words of Jesus, greater things that we will see because we have the power of the spirit operating within us than even Jesus did himself in terms of physical miracles. We are bringing the dead unto life. We are bringing those who are unredeemed to salvation by the power of the preached word through the power of the spirit and then growing them in Christ likeness. And that transformation from death unto life, from moral evil to moral good and adoption in the family of God is, is greater than anything else that had ever been done, than even creating the world ex nihilo. So just putting that in proper perspective, how can we not be thankful that the Lord has not only given us salvation and everything we need for life and godliness, but that he uses us as the means that he blesses the world? You know, he, he, he gives us the ability to share the gospel. He gives us the ability to love and serve one another. We are his hands and his feet. Just, just the awareness of this. Just thinking about this. I'm, I'm saying this to myself here, <laughs> and you guys get to listen into this in a sense. And that just, boy, that just stirs my heart. It makes me thankful. It makes me just so amazed that, that the Lord would use a fool, you know, a former fool like me, to, to proclaim this heavenly, eternal, timeless, infinite truth. And so. I want others to experience this as well. I want to spur them on. I want to point them back to the Lord and his word so that they can capture this as well. It, it's not something done out of duty. It's something done out of a joy, a delight, a sheer thankfulness that God is so good. And we've tasted that and we want others to taste it as well. In seeing what God has done and who he is and, and as we react to that it's all it should be almost like a reflex hammer hits knee knee foot kicks we see god's love and his care for us and his creation and the reflex should be thankfulness should be uh humility should be the fruits of the spirit in reality yep you know as a as a scriptural part of the conversation here we had we had both mentioned Colossians 3 in, in the pre-show and, and talking through our notes. And so I want to read verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord's forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you are called in one body rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I think there we see just the the pervasiveness which thankfulness should have in our lives that should just well up into each area of our life at home at work uh, with the church body and in the community and uh, that we should do all in thankfulness and for the love of god in reaction to the love of god it's not easy the the cares of the day 
in some ways work like an acid and, and eat away at our thankfulness and eat away at, you know, and distract us from looking at God and uh, reacting and responding to him. It's a constant battle day to day. It's moment to moment to keep our eyes on Christ and to keep our eyes on the cross, who and what God is. Any last thoughts that you'd like to share? Well, the parallels from that verse just stick out in Romans 8, 28 and 29 for he works all things together for good. And whatever we do, whatever we endure, whatever situation that we're in, we, we give thanks to the Father through him because we know he works it all together for good. There's nothing that happens by chance. There's nothing that's idle or slack in this world that God intends. We might do it in our sinfulness, but even then, God, what we intend for evil, sometimes God intends for good. And he is working everything together for in a salvific context so that we can become more like Christ. And that just causes me to be thankful to the Lord that he will take the tiniest thing and he will use it for good. And that encourages me to just, again, want to tell others that, that God is a loving, kind God that wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to mature manhood and womanhood to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I want to be more like him because it's all about him. Giving thanks to God the Father through him, Jesus Christ. He is the end and all of, of, of all creation. So, And we get to be thankful to him, not just hear what he's done already and not what he's doing now, but we get to be increasingly thankful for the rest, not only of our lives, but then eternity as well. Because mm-hmm. we will still have the ability, heaven is heaven, not because of, I, I may have said this in a previous episode, not because of the gates of pearl or the streets of gold. Heaven is heaven because God is there Amen. and he's still giving us undeserved grace and mercy and blessing in heaven. We know his promises cannot be broken and we know that he won't, that he won't break them, nor does he want to break them. But even heaven is undeserved in a sense. And we'll have the awareness of that in a perfect way forever and ever and ever. And our thankfulness for the Lord and his great mercy is only going to increase forever and ever and ever. I think on that note, we are going to let this episode come to a close. It is interesting to me as we've talked how often we have hit on the edges of the fruit of the Spirit, as if the fruit of the Spirit cannot be separated from itself, but we can look at each little aspect like a prism. And so we're going to do that with our next episodes. Uh, We hope you will join us for that. We hope you will uh, listen in and that you will find joy in the Lord, that you will find peace in the Lord, you will find salvation in the Lord, and that you will be thankful for who He is and what He has done. And until next time, this is Simmering Thoughts.